Howdy, y'all. You've made it back to another episode of Basically Famous. We are so glad you're here. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Basically Famous Podcast. Now, here's your host, Tyler. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey friends and welcome to the season three finale of Basically Famous podcast. I am so excited to do a solo episode for you all with the questions you asked me. Um, So I put a box on my Instagram story and you all sent in questions and most of them centered around work. So I'm very excited to answer those um, and tell you what works for me and maybe it'll work for you. But This season on the podcast has been so fun. It's been really what I've always imagined the podcast to be. We have highlighted some amazing women in agriculture and the things they are doing and asked them all if they had a billboard, what would be on it and why. And so that has just been fun. Uh, I've recorded 17 episodes and so this is episode 18 and we will be taking a break for the summer. So In order to bring my best version of myself to you all each season, I usually take the summer off. So I'll be taking the summer off and we'll start again in late August or early September with season four, but we'll get right into it. So the first question sent in was, how do you stay motivated? Um, I think motivation comes and goes and discipline is what keeps you going. And so for me, You know, in the gym, I book my classes a week or two in advance, and that's a commitment I'm making. I can't get out of it, and that's how I stay motivated. I know that if I don't make it to the gym, I'm going to be sad and regret that I didn't get up and get out of bed and do it. Plus, my gym has a no-show policy where if you don't show up for the class, you have to pay $10, and I'm very motivated by money. So (laughs) I... uh, I'm willing to get up and go work out so I don't have to pay 10 extra dollars on top of my membership. But I also really do things that inspire me, one of those being the podcast. But I try to find things every day that inspire me or motivate me or make me want to be a better person. And so sometimes it is hard to find that thing in the everyday. But I think, you know, at least weekly, I'm doing something that inspires me, whether that's enjoying a cup of coffee while listening to an audiobook or taking a walk on the Trinity Trail. Or, you know, it could be an overnight trip somewhere to see a friend just to rejuvenate my spirit. And I think that's what keeps me going is, you know, always look having something to look forward to, basically. I am a huge planner, and so I love planning things out and knowing what I'm doing and when I'm doing it. And just making the most of every situation. I'm an Enneagram 7, so I'm an adventurer, and everything's an adventure to me, whether good or bad. We've talked before in previous issues, you know, plan A rarely works out in my life, and so being able to go with the flow and transition to plan B or C and sometimes Z 
just to get things done and we can smile and laugh about it later on. I know that sometimes things are hard, but later on you can laugh about it and it'll motivate you. And so the next question building off that one was, how do I avoid burnout? So kind of like motivation, burnout comes and goes. And I don't think you'll ever ultimately never face burnout. There's no way to do all these steps that the world tells us to do and you're going to avoid burnout. I think, um, you know, in your job, seasons change. It's kind of like a tide. You know, at times you're going to have a lot going on. You're going to have to ask for help. And at times it's going to be down and things are going to be slow and you're going to be wondering what you need to do and finding things to do. I do think you can always find things to do though. And so for me, um, how do I avoid burnout? I have been burnout. I have been burnout like to my complete end before, um, multiple times actually. And here are some things that work for me. Personally, my work email is silenced from 6 p.m. to 7 a.m. So every night when I leave the office, um, I don't get alerts. And then in the mornings, I don't get alerts till at least 7. Um, so if I choose to look at my email between those times, that's me choosing to look at it, not me getting the alerts. I used to not have this. And, um, you know, people work around the clock and there's nothing wrong with that. I think everyone has to work when best fits them. And when your phone's not ringing, sometimes that's the best time to get things done. Um, and I'm guilty as well. Some mornings when I get up and I work out at 5.15, when I get back home about 6.15, I will send some emails or do some things while things are quiet in my world and people don't need things from me. Um, but I silenced my email notifications because before I did that, <clears throat> I was getting emails all the time and it was stressing me out. I felt the pressure that I had to respond right away. And so I silenced my email notifications from certain hours. And I just made very clear to my team that if you need something and it's urgent, like I am happy to help you, uh, but you need to text me. I'm not glued to my phone. I turn my notifications off. And when I leave the office, I, I do my best to walk away from work. Now, I don't do that because I love my job and I care about what I do. Um, but I'm just not glued to my phone and to my work email or my voicemail box because there are so many things I want to do in my own life and I want to chase my own dreams on top of my career. And so, you know, those after hours are the time I have for that. And I really just, you know, they pay me for 40 hours a week. And so I'm going to give them the best 40 hours every week. And then at the end of the day, like if it didn't get done, it goes to tomorrow and I reprioritize every morning what needs to be done. Once um one weekend a month or once a month, I try to plan something for me. So whether, like I said, going and seeing someone or going to a concert or making a reservation at a restaurant I've wanted to try, or uh, yesterday I got up and I worked out and then I went and I had my favorite smoothie bowl, and then I went to the dry cleaners and got my car washed, and I just got my life in order. But I was doing that for me so that I could uh, go on the work trip I have this week. And so another thing that really helps just, like, avoid burnout is convenience. Um, I The dry cleaners is expensive, but it's convenient. And so if I don't have to worry about ironing those clothes and I can send them to the cleaners, I'm sending them to the cleaners. Um, if I can order curbside and save time instead of going into the grocery store, I'm going to order curbside. 
If I, at HEB, they have the meals for one, you know, those are more convenient than me buying all the ingredients to make the same meal for myself. And it saves me time. I just have to throw it in the oven when I get home. And so I think making things in your life convenient for you can also help you with burnout. And knowing by taking, you know, by ordering your groceries online, you're saving an hour of your life that you could do something else with, something that, you know, fuels you. For me, grocery shopping is not the funnest thing ever, you know, and I rather go on a walk or work out or watch Netflix even. So you can't be everything to everyone. And so you have to stop trying to be. And I know I've only been in my professional career for about a year, but I have really learned that like I can't be everything to everyone. Um, I can only give my best if I'm taking care of myself. Um I tell my interns the same thing, you know, if you need to go to the doctor, the dentist, the eye doctor, whatever, go because if you aren't taking care of yourself, you will get burnout. out, you will be miserable, and you can't show up your best every day to do your job. So how do I stay productive when I am traveling for work? So for me, I keep a notebook, just like a spiral notebook and every day I start on a new sheet and I write down the things I need to do and I kind of prioritize what are my must-do items, what are my like-to-do items, what are my items I could do if I have time and then I look at those items and I see what is it that I myself have to do and what tasks could I give to someone else. Um, so I do coordinate interns so finding jobs for them can be tricky and so looking at my list and realistically saying you know, is this worth two hours of my time today? Or can I give that to an intern? They can work on it. And I can focus my energy on something else. And in a sense, I'm a perfectionist. It's really hard for me to let go of projects. But I've just learned that, like, you can't be everything for everyone. I can't do everything. And so having to trust them and, and equip them with the tools to be successful in completing those tasks um, but my notebook helps me go back and look at the day before and see what I did, see what I didn't do, and what needs to get done. That, and prioritizing my project, my things. Um, sometimes I will, like I said, get up and go in an hour or two early and just kind of get my life back together. Um, when you're on the road, it's it's hard and your inbox can get away from you, but if I'm traveling for work, I do try to stay on top of my inbox. If I'm traveling for personal travel, um, I usually set an automatic response and don't worry about it till the next time I'm in the office. But, you know, if you're traveling for work, even if just once a night, you can check your email for 20 minutes, forward on what someone else can respond to or respond to it or do whatever needs to be done. You can kind of help yourself so you're not behind when you get back to the office. Um, and I always say things will slow down and they never do, but, um, I enjoy traveling. And so finding that balance, um, what is one thing you have accomplished that you never thought you could do alone? Well, I wouldn't say I did this alone, but I would say grad school. So if you've been around any, you will know that my time at Tarleton was amazing. My time at AM was not so amazing, and it was really hard, and it was really challenging. Um, luckily, I had great support system and my friends and my family, and specifically my sister and my roommate at the time. They had to listen to me vent and edit papers and do all that fun stuff, but 
Uh, grad school was just a completely different world than I had ever known. Um, so my master's is in public service and administration and not ag related. Um, so most of the kids, all but one of the kids I went into the master's program with had an undergrad in agriculture. Only one person did. So obviously her and I were friends and we helped each other, but um, it was just like being around new people, new experiences. It was in the middle of COVID. So most of my classes were online and in graduate school, you have to read a lot. And then I learned very quickly that people talk just to talk and they don't even know what they're saying. They're just throwing fluff out there and pretty much having to decipher what was fluff and what was real and when I should actually add my opinion. Um, it was hard and I successfully completed it. It was the most challenging time in my life, I think, but um, it made me who I am. I would not be where I am without that experience and I know that and so I am grateful for who it made me to be and the experiences it gave me. What is the hardest lesson I have learned? I would say the hardest lesson I have learned is that you can't control what people do to you, but you can control how you react to the situation and what you do about it. Um, so you can't control how people are going to treat you, what they're going to say about you, or the things they do that affect you, but you can control how you act about it and how you go about it and then what you do with the situation. Um, and so that's just something I feel like I've learned with time and just, I can only control me. Uh, my current life motto is if it doesn't affect my income, it's not affecting my mood because you, we live in a world where you were constantly on socials. We're comparing our lives to others. Most people my age, you know, are probably getting married, starting families, and it's just so easy to get caught up in all of that. But I'm the only person I have control over all of that and how I perceive that. And so I control how I respond to that in terms of like, you know, if people talk bad about me or say something I don't agree with, I mean, that's their opinion of me. I tell people all the time, I think I'm pretty great. And if you don't like me, that's your loss, not mine. And so I just have the attitude that like, it's going to work out. It's going to be what it's going to be. And in six months, we're always going to laugh about it is how I feel. Um, so how are you confident being a young professional surrounded by older ones? I think this is a great question because I also work in an industry that while there are some great women, it's still predominantly males. And just men listen to men better. It just is what it is, ladies. Like, as much as I would love to say, like, I'm an effective communicator with everyone, I am not. Sometimes it's better if I'll tell a guy and he can tell that guy. Um, and then everyone's on board and I know that. But, you know, you have to know what you bring to the table. When I walk into a room, I know what I bring to a table, and I know that if I've been invited to that table, I have something valuable to bring to it. Um, and so you're not being invited to tables you don't belong at. So quit thinking that. If you are there, you are meant to be there. And so you need to act like it. And so I think that starts with what you wear. You need to be dressed in clothes you feel comfortable and confident in. I hate wearing heels. I don't wear heels often. That does not make me feel confident or comfortable. I love blazers, so I always wear blazers because they 
look good on me. That's my style and they make me confident. And so when you look good, you feel good. We've all heard that, but it's so true. And so just first is like dressing for success. You know, people always say, don't dress for the job you have, dress for the job you want. And so show up in a great outfit and knowing what you bring to the table. I also would say that a firm handshake and good eye contact go a long way. I am the first to be like, that was the wimpiest handshake I've ever had. And it like makes me cringe. Like a good firm handshake goes a long way. I remember people with a good handshake and I remember people with a bad handshake. And I remember the people who can look me in the eye, tell me their name and connect with me. People just want to be heard. And so connect with people, find out about their kids or their grandkids or the trip they just went on and ask them about it. 90% of my job is just listening to people. 10% is actually talking back. You know, people just want to feel heard. They want to feel like their concerns are heard um, and maybe what you're going to do about it. But they also want you to ask how their grandkids is, are, not is. I mean, have you ever met a grandparent who isn't just like head over heels in love with their grandchild? Because I have not. Everyone I know that has grandkids, they think they're the greatest thing ever. Now, their kids, on the other hand, mm. but you know, if their kids just got married and things like that, people want to talk about that and so connect with them. And I think um, it takes time. I am in a position and it's taken me almost a year to build some of the relationships I have with older people I work with just because we had to build trust. You know, we we both had to realize that we are moving in the same direction. We want the same things for the industry and we want to accomplish goals together and working together is going to get us there faster than working separately. And it's just it's just taken time and so, you know, Rome wasn't built in the day. Getting people to trust you is not going to happen in a day, but I think when you prove that you really care and you ask questions and you continually show up, you know, people will begin to respect you and your opinion. I also think a little red lipstick goes a long way. And so if you uh, need a little confidence boost, I think a nice shade of red lipstick can help with that as well. So would I ever write a book or have a documentary? Yes. I am going to pay my sister to ghost write a book for me. I'm going to tell her what I want to write and then I'm going to let her write it Um, because I would love to write a book one day called The Power of the Red Lipstick and talk about just like life lessons learned and building confidence. Um, I do think I was born with a ton of confidence. I grew up in a family that cheered me on and let me be crazy and wear red lipstick and walk around in my Barbie plastic high heels. But I also, you know, have put myself in situations that have strengthened me as a person and in my confidence. And I have sat at tables across from people who I one day hope to be. I would also say if I did do a documentary, it would be about women in ag. Um, But I think I would like to have a reality TV show more. Um, I think reality TV shows are just so funny, even if you don't think they're as real, but I think they're funny. I think my life is funny and people would get something out of that. And so it would just be a fun time. Um, And the last question I got was, why are you so passionate about agriculture? And for me, I really, so I grew up on a ranch 
and I'm a fifth generation rancher and I just like was immersed in agriculture. You know, I didn't know any different. I didn't know honestly that you could do anything in agriculture besides ranching or farming and really was on what I thought the path to be a math teacher, which your children are so glad I'm not a math teacher. Your parents out there, you're so glad I'm not a math teacher. Um, but in 11th grade, I mean, I had someone basically tell me like, you don't have to be, you don't have to raise cattle or row crops to be in agriculture. There's so many other things you can do, including being a lobbyist. And that's kind of where I found out about act policy in that realm and just being a voice for people who don't have time to be the voice they need. And so that's really, you know, my passion started there. But then I got to college and I realized like not everyone had grown up like me and not everyone appreciated the land like I did. And it kind of made me realize like, okay, I really do like agriculture. And then I went and got a master's degree and was away from agriculture in a sense. Um, I wasn't studying it every day. I wasn't around people like-minded who wanted to be in agriculture either. And so I was just like, wow, like that is truly where my heart is, what I want to be doing. Like I love the people in the industry and I love knowing like we feed and clothe the world. And then I started working at cattle raisers and I mean, I was really just like, if not me, then who, you know, if I don't continue my family's legacy on our ranch, then who will? Um, and I want my kids to be able to grow up like I did. I want to look back on my life and have contributed to the industry and been a, a force for it and made a positive impact. And just the older I've gotten, the more I appreciate just the values and the morals people in this industry have. I think that until you leave it, you don't understand how great it is. And I did. I got away from the ranch. I went and studied something different. And now I couldn't see myself anywhere else. Did I see myself teaching people how to vaccinate their cattle for a living? I did not. But, um, you know, producers need people like me who are continuing their education and seeking out opportunities so that they can learn as well and bringing you know, research to them um, in, in ways they can become more effective and profitable and just creating a better crop or a better livestock and just being the best they can be in what they do. And so that's really why I'm passionate about agriculture. Without it, we're naked and we're hungry. Um, you've all heard, you know, Every now and then you need a doctor and a lawyer, but three times a day you need a farmer and a rancher. And so I want to continue to to build my family's legacy and continue to raise cattle, but also be a good steward of the land. Um, I have kind of more recently been passionate about land management and sustainability and things like that and just ensuring my family's place can prosper for generations to come. And And so that's why, but I've been super blessed that I work in a job I love and I get to be in agriculture every day and around people who love the industry. And I'll end this with saying, if you're not in the industry, but you're passionate about it, that is okay. We need doctors and nurses and teachers and lawyers and policemen and firefighters 
who appreciate agriculture and will advocate for what we do in their profession. And so you are just as valuable to our industry because we all can't tell our story, but the people you work with, you can impact them in how they view agriculture and what they think of us. And so I feel like it's important to say, like, don't be discouraged if you don't work day to day in agriculture, but you still support the industry because you can still make just as big of an impact for the industry as someone who, you know, is farming a thousand acres or raising a thousand head of cattle. So thanks for tuning in this season. Thank y'all so much for your love and support for all the episodes and and everything we've done. It's always been so fun to do this and connect with y'all. And the podcast has allowed me to meet so many people and I just love that. So if you have not, be sure to check out tylerkschuster.com. Over the summer, we'll be releasing some blogs over previous episodes and guests that you can read about. But there's also some blogs on there that are are written about how did I end up here and and singleness and that season of life I'm in and things like that. But thanks for being the best and thanks for tuning in and we will catch you in the fall.